0: Good morning brothers and sisters. This is a day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. I am Mark Hedger. I'm blessed, honored, and humbled to be the pastor at Stratford, Salisbury Center, and Middleville United Methodist Churches, where we expect miracles, recognize miracles, and celebrate miracles together. I do have a couple of announcements this morning. Just a reminder, that's Communion Sunday, So while I'm talking, you should probably get something ready so we can do a love feast later on. Um, Also, we will have a combined Christmas Eve service Friday, uh, Christmas Eve, (laughs) obviously, at 6 o'clock. This morning's memory verse comes from Philippians 1, 9 through 11. And this is my prayer, that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help you determine what is best, so that in the day of Christ you may be pure and blameless. Having produced a harvest of righteousness, that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and praise of God. Let us pray. Father God, we come to you right now starting off by saying thank you. Thank you for our good days. Thank you for our bad days. Thank you for our hard times. Thank you for our pain. Thank you for our joy. Excuse me. Thank you for your strength. Thank you for your peace. Thank you for our families and friends. Lastly, but certainly not least, we thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the hope he brings. And thank you that he gives us access to you. And it's the name of that Jesus, our hope-giving, saving, redeeming, loving Savior's name, we pray and ask it all. Amen. If you would join me in the call to worship this morning, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and be light for our darkness, be comfort in our grief, be a friend for our loneliness, an oasis for our searching. O come, O come, Emmanuel, restore our joy heal our wounds, and bring us peace. Uh, We move to the lighting of the Advent wreath, uh, which is peace. And I think I'll just do this uh, reader one and reader two, so you can hear what uh, the words are going to be saying today. So, reader one. Excuse me. For many of us, the call to head home is one of joy and of hope. We can't wait to reconnect with family, with history and tradition, With a wonderful time of freedom and loving support, we can't wait to go home. Reader 2 There are those who fear going home, however, and there are times when going home brings back memories that are not so good, not so healing. We are reminded of when we didn't fit in, when we didn't measure up, when we weren't loved like we needed to be loved. Home can be a difficult place for some. Reader 1 The prophet Malachi tells us that even when we are in the hottest of fires, there is a presence who can make us better, who can refine and purify. John the Baptist tells us that the road home is always under construction, mountains leveled, valleys filled in, to make smooth the path that leads to our true destination, where we can live in peace and unity with all. Reader 2 we light these candles, the candle of hope and the candle of peace, as a sign of our assurance that though the road is hard, we believe it is worth the journey. It is time to go home. This morning's lady scripture comes from Malachi 3, 1-4, through and Luke 3, 1-6. Malachi 3, 1-4. See, I am sending my messenger to prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, indeed, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming, and who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire, and like fuller's soap. <clears throat> Excuse me. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he will purify the descendants of Levi, and refine them like gold and silver, until they present offerings to the Lord in righteousness. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord, as in the days of old and as in former years. Luke 3, 1-6 through In the fifteenth year of the reign of Emperor Tiberias, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and Herod was ruler of Galilee, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. Shall see the salvation of God. Praise God, this is the word of God for the people of God. We move to joys and concerns this morning, and boy, oh boy, oh boy, we have our hands full, brothers and sisters. We have so many people we're praying for. Uh just in the last ten days, I have uh four funerals that I'm that I'm actually officiating. So Um, Outside of that, we have people in the hospital, we have people that are ill, um, but we have joy. It is uh, December and we don't have six feet of snow out here. We don't have that typical upstate New York weather. We have amazing sunsets this week and the birds have been outside the office window eating the seeds and all the different colors of the birds. So we do find joy amongst the sorrow, but we do need to to keep everybody in prayer. So that being said, let us pray. Father God, we pray for those who wrestle with loss and depression this season. Depression is real. Anxiety is real. We know for so many people this holiday season has been redefined by the absence of a loved one's physical presence. We pray you give us wisdom and the right words to say to those who are in distress, We pray you send your peace. Father God, we're coming against increased suicide rates right now. We're coming against risk-cutting and slicing right now. We rebuke the overuse of alcohol. We rebuke drug abuse right now. We bind inappropriate reactionary behavior right now and send it back from whence it came. Father God, in this holiday season, people need to experience you. We want the world to know the love we've come to know. We want the world to feel the joy we've come to feel. We want the world to feel the hope that you give. For people who have put distance in the relationship, we pray that they draw near to you again. And for people that don't know you, we pray you reveal yourself to them. Father God, you are a redeemer. You are a restorer. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. The title to this morning's message is, In Me Ye Might Have Peace. In Me Ye Might Have Peace. As a Christian, Advent is a season of preparation and waiting as we celebrate the promise of the coming Savior, Jesus Christ, both at his birth and his second return. Advent is a time of preparation, a season to get our lives in order and help others as we await the second coming of our Lord. We lit the Advent candle of hope last week. As Christians, we're called to live in hope, to live in hope of the resurrection of Jesus as well as in the hope of our own resurrection. A hope to spend eternity with our Creator, Father God, His Son, Jesus Christ, and all those who have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And if we are filled with hope and believe that God's promises are true, then our hope should naturally lead to peace in our hearts, in our words, in our actions, and in our lives. So while we're decorating our homes this month, purchasing our gifts, and getting ready for Christmas, let's not neglect to turn our hearts to God and set our eyes on the Lord where we find God's grace, God's love, and God's peace. I know it may seem impossible to speak about peace during the turmoil of the past two years. This virus has turned the world upside down, created enemies, confusion, distrust, and sadly far too many illnesses and deaths. How do we find peace during this season of pandemic and confusion in the world? Wear masks, don't wear masks. Better yet, wear two masks. No need to isolate and quarantine. Now quarantine if you have symptoms. Wipe down all bags and boxes if you go shopping. Better yet, isolate them for at least 24 hours before bringing them into your house. Wait. There is no danger to disregard. Animals can't catch COVID. Wait. Yes, they can. Only those vulnerable with underlying medical conditions need to get a shot. Wait. All adults should get the shot. Children are not adversely affected and have no need to get the shots. Wait. Wait. We need to give shots to all children five years old and above. We would never mandate shots. The federal government doesn't have the authority. On second thought, get the shot or lose your employment. Brothers and sisters, we face a world filled with confusion and misinformation. How can we possibly find peace? And we know that confusion and misinformation are the tools of the enemy. And right now, he has an arsenal at his disposal. Satan has taken advantage of this pandemic and turned family against family, neighbor against neighbor, and even Christians against Christians. World governments are literally beating their citizens in the streets and in some cases, forcing them into quarantine homes. The news channels inundate us with videos of people suffering in hospitals, Stories of medical professionals being fired and warning us daily, sometimes hourly, of the danger in overcrowded hospitals. No visitor signs are posted on nursing home doors and in most hospitals. Loved ones are forced to separate just when they need them the most. Prayer requests flood the phone lines every day. And then we come to church and hear the pastor give a message on peace. How can we be at peace or experience peace with all this turmoil in our families and communities? Someone once wrote, Peace is not the absence of trouble, but the presence of Christ. Peace is not the absence of trouble, but the presence of Christ. My peace, your peace, our peace will never come from the world. Luke chapter 2, 13 through 14 tells us, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. Our peace comes from a Father who favors us. It seems simple enough, right? There is peace among those whom he favors. Those that accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior are favored by the Father. So we should be at peace, right? And then we read of his protection. In Psalm 512, it reads, For you bless the righteous. O oh Lord, you cover them with favor as with a shield. Doesn't the Bible tell us we are counted righteous in the eyes of God when we receive Jesus by faith? So if we're found righteous and favored by our Creator, Why do we have such a hard time finding peace in our lives, regardless of the circumstances? Well, I believe it all boils down to the condition of our minds and our hearts. It depends on our knowledge of his words. It depends on our belief in his words and the level of faith and trust we have in him. Imagine a person choking. A stranger walks up and says, don't panic, you'll be fine. How much trust and confidence would you have in that stranger? I would guess not much. But now imagine a parent, a spouse, or maybe a medical professional telling you the same thing. Don't panic, you'll be fine. Chances are your belief and confidence level would be much higher. The two main differences I see is the relationship we have with the speaker and the trust we have in his or her authority. I believe we would be much calmer and trusting if we knew the person personally or recognized their position of authority. So let's ask that question again. How can we be at peace or experience peace with all this turmoil in our families and communities? We start with knowledge, knowing what the Bible says about God's promises to us. For example, if we don't read the Bible, how would we know the promises in Psalm 91, 14-16? It reads, those who love me, I will deliver. I will protect those who know my name. When they call to me, I will answer them. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue them and honor them. With long life, I will satisfy them and show them my salvation. Can you see where you might find peace if you knew God's promises to deliver, protect, answer, be with us, rescue us, honor us, and satisfy us? Maybe these would be good verses to write on those three-by-five cards we talked about to review every day. Perhaps you'd choose to pull these verses up each time you needed to experience peace in your life. Or maybe you could recite Philippians 4, 6-7. through 7. Do not worry about anything. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God does surpass all understanding, but the lesson here begins with a call to a relationship with Him. It said, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. Prayer and supplication in everything. That's how you develop a relationship, by communicating. It does no good to have the knowledge without the relationship. It does no good to have the knowledge without the trust. Some call it head knowledge knowledge versus heart knowledge. I have a Buddhist friend of mine who's read the complete Bible more times than I have. But guess what? He's still a Buddhist, and I'm forgiven and saved because of my heart knowledge and my relationship with Christ. We're called to develop and maintain a relationship with the one called the Prince of Peace, as proclaimed in Isaiah 9-6. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us, authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Jesus Christ is the very Prince of Peace. But knowledge, without trust or understanding the application, means nothing to us and has no effect on our peace. We need to spend time in prayer and conversation, develop, developing a relationship with the One who is willing to die so we might live. With a relationship, we build trust, and with that trust, we believe Him. We believe Him when He tells us to be of good cheer, like in John sixteen thirty three. I have said this to you so that in Me you may have peace. In the world, you face persecution. But take courage, I have conquered the world. Jesus says, in me, him, we might have peace. Not the world, not our finances, and certainly not our government. Jesus knew that the earthly journey awaiting his disciples and all future believers would not be easy. So he left us a gift. The gift of peace, as the New Living Translation tells us in John 14, 27, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give, so don't be troubled or afraid. Jesus said the world cannot give us this gift, and how well we know that. But he gave us this gift of peace of mind and heart to those that love him, those that place their hope in him. In the Holman Treasury of Key Bible Words, we find the word peace described as more than the mere absence of war or strife. It describes a peace that is positive, a time, place, and condition that features love, righteousness, calmness, political and moral uprightness, and much more. It is a word reserved for those who walk with God in a positive relationship. Peace, then, is reserved for those who walk with God in a positive relationship. Brothers and sisters, we can find peace in this crazy, crazy world of violence, hatred, and yes, even pandemic. A peace not of this world, but in our hope and assurance of God's promise to his people. But it must start with learning his word, believing his word, and maintaining a close relationship with God. A personal relationship with a God who covers the righteous with his favor. With a son that surrendered his life for those that love him. And trust in the Holy Spirit to bring remembrance the promises of both God and Father. To those who believe in Jesus and commit to following him, he says, My peace I leave with you. I pray each of us gets in the word this week. I pray each of us either starts or maintains a relationship with Christ through prayer. And I pray that each of us is able to find and experience that peace he promises to each of us, even when the world goes crazy. Let us pray. God, in this season suspended between hope and fulfillment, let us never forget what you've done. May we be overwhelmed by your mercy, which flows in wave after wave. May we be honest about the darkness within us and perceptive of the light around us. May we make straight the path for the Lord that together we may see God's glory revealed. We pray all this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. So now we move to the love feast. And if you remember um, to get your cracker or pizza or meatball or oatmeal and something to drink, um, Again, a reminder that the love feast uh is not communion; it is not partaking in the blood and body of Christ. It is a fellowship meal. It's a meal that Christ would have shared with his disciples or disciples would have shared with each other. a time to love on each other, a time to uh you know talk, discuss life uh to to maybe encourage each other to lift each other up. Uh, But it is a time of fellowship, recognizing who Christ is, recognizing Christ's sacrifice for us, the love feast. So please, if you you have your stuff ready, please partake. We move to the offering this morning, and (laughs) again, I hope it doesn't sound boring or mundane from your end listening to this, but I am telling you, your gifts and offerings are being used right here in the community. People are being blessed because you are blessing the ministries of these churches. I thank you. I thank you so much for the difference you're making, especially in this time, uh, this holiday season, with with all the things that are going on. Uh, your donations have been a spark. Uh, Stratford uh, has a... I don't know what you would call it, they're doing uh, gifts for, for children in the community. They, one of the local restaurants has a tree with people's names on it, and and they pulled some names, and they're going to combine it with other people, and, and they're going to bless children with gifts for Christmas. Um, Salisbury Center gave out 27 Thanksgiving baskets, full meals, and Middleville did um, 16 fruit baskets that they gave out and uh, in addition to that one fruit basket which was enough for five individuals was taken to a group home that's not counting the money that they're given uh, to help spouses or family travel back and forth to visit their loved ones in the hospitals Um, that's that's all part of your money that those are those treasures you're building in heaven so i thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Let us pray. God of mercy and grace, we pray that the gifts we offer this morning might be used to bring some compassion to the chaos that is our world. We give these gifts in love, hoping they'll heal some of the hurting, and as they do, make the crooked road straight for the coming of Christ. May the hills that separate us from sisters and brothers be made flat. May the valleys of our isolation be raised up, So we'll be ready to welcome the Christ as one. In that holy name we pray. Amen. As we leave here today, let us remember to be of good comfort, be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace shall be with you. And now receive the benediction. And now may God's spirit surround you and those whom you love. Rest now. In that calm embrace, let your hearts be warmed and all storms be stilled by the whisper of his voice. Amen. Until we meet again, brothers and sisters, may God bless and keep each and every one of you. Please stay safe and stay in his word. Uh, Next week, the 12th, I will have my last day off for the year. I apologize it's so close to the last one I took, but um, I do have to take it before the end of the year. So um, there will not be a message online next week. But again, I would encourage you to go back and you know either re-listen to one that you enjoyed before or find one that you haven't heard yet. Either way, please stay safe. God bless you all.